Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. Welcome if you're looking in and all of those that have come in. Uh, thanks for being a part of the service uh, tonight. And uh, truly, you're going to want to be a part of Ephesians. Uh, this Sunday, we're going to kind of lay out the whole book, the structure of it. Uh, but all of it is speaking directly to the church, who we are, what we do. Uh, Lord's Supper will be, I think, the fourth weekend. We'll have a lot of different events with that. And so uh, keep all of that in mind, uh, if you will. Uh, for tonight, turn to Luke chapter 9, the book of Luke chapter number 9. And what a beautiful day it's been today. Uh, last couple of days, it's been so hot and humid um, that it was a little sticky uh, throughout the day. Today, a perfect day. Uh, and I love the fact that all the things that are opening up, we, uh, I, I ate at uh, the Wayward Smokehouse. Wayward Smokehouse, the avenue has so many different restaurants now. Uh, the Wayward with indoor dining and everything happening, uh, it, it just uh, encourages my heart being able to get out and about. And then um, uh, from what I hear, Major League Baseball is going to uh, have a 60-game uh, season. I think if it was a 20-game season, the Orioles would have a better anyway. Um, but the fact that uh, they're going to fire up baseball, and I uh, get that uh, at the start it's going to be without fans. Um, uh, for the Orioles, that's nothing new. But anyway, uh, and they're starting without, uh, and eventually I think they're going to roll those in. And uh, I talked about our auditorium is built for social distancing. Uh, Camden Yards is absolutely built for social distancing, but uh, just excited about all of the progress that's, that's happening and uh, being able to get out more. Uh, Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, um, uh, I, I think one of our challenges that we have is we, um, uh, I don't read, it's not that I, uh, the amount of Bible I read, a lot of times I read the Bible too fast, too fast, I need to slow down. But uh, in contrast to that, uh, sometimes when you're diving deep, you miss the relation and connection and interrelation from scene to scene to scene to scene. Uh, and this week, preparing for this, well, God showed me so much connecting those scenes in, in Luke chapter 9. And so uh, let's look at it. Verse number 37. And it came to pass that on the next day, when they were come from the hill, the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, much people met him, and behold, a man of the company cried out, saying, Master, I beseech thee, look upon my son. Amen, my son, for he is my only child. And lo, a spirit taketh him, and he suddenly crieth out, and it teareth him, that he, he foameth again, and bruising him, hardly departing from him, almost never departing from him. And I besought thy disciples, a man, my son, my only child. I asked the disciples to cast him out, and they could not. They could not. And Jesus answering said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you, suffer you, bring thy son hither? And as he was yet a coming, the devil threw him down, tear him. And Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the child and delivered him again to his father. Put down point number one, if you will, the example to the disciples. It's all about the disciples. This chapter, some seven, eight times, the disciples are named, the disciples are are mentioned that uh, Christ focused on them, training them, uh, again, sending out uh, them to reach the world. But uh, number one here, uh, the example that he gave to the disciples, uh, uh, Christ, Christ was one 
uh, blessing others, helping others, serving others, ministering to others, uh, taking someone who's fallen and lifting them up, uh, someone who's sliding and shoring them up, uh, someone who's discouraged and giving them strength, someone who's, who's anxious and calming them down, uh, someone who's hurting uh, and healing, someone who's scarred uh, and, and blessing. Hey, that's the example that Christ gave to the disciples. I, I love that intro because the church, the church is all about the people of the church. Uh, and the example that he gave to the disciples is uh, it's about blessing and reaching and helping. Uh, and I'm sure in their minds they would say, we tried, we couldn't get it done. So point number two, write it down, uh, the energy for the disciples. Uh, the example to them, but then the energy for them, 43. And they were all amazed at the mighty power of God. Uh, how long has it been since you've been amazed by the mighty power of God? Uh, just awestruck by who he is. Uh, one of those pauses, those Selah-type pauses of, Lord, thank you for being my God. Look at it. And they were all amazed at the mighty power of God. But while they wondered, they were amazed, they were wondering, uh, everyone at all the things which Jesus did, he, he said unto his disciples, let these sayings sink down into your ears. These sayings, this message, this training, this sermon, this teaching, uh, let these sayings sink down uh, into your ears, and uh, of course, part of it here uh, in Luke, it's about the passion uh, of the Christ, the passion uh, of the Christ. Look at verse number 44. Uh, Let these sayings sink down into your ears, for the Son of Man shall be delivered under the hands of men. The Son of Man shall be delivered under the hands of men, and of course, uh, betrayed and falsely accused. 45. But they understood not this saying. Uh, and, and so he says, Let these sayings sink down into your ears. And basically, it was bouncing off of their uh, heart. And uh, Luke, it's about the passion. Uh, but then Mark, he also mentions the power, the power, or the energy for uh, in Mark chapter 9. Uh, when he was coming to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast him out? Why could not we, uh, this one man, this only son, besought the disciples, they could not. Why could not we cast him out? Uh, and he said unto them, this kind cometh forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. By prayer and by fasting, letting go of the physical. Prayer, grabbing hold of the spiritual. Uh, fasting, minimizing the physical. Uh, fasting, prayer uh, is maximizing the spiritual, uh, or as Zechariah puts it, not by might, physical, not by power, physical, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And so uh, as we focus more on him, Boy, it's his power working through, him, through us that anything, anything ever gets done. Our conductivity to transport that capability of God is found in our communion with Christ. Staying close, prayer, fasting. And, and so first, we're, we're looking at the rings, the connections, the interrelation from scene to the next scene. We saw the example of the disciples as be blessing, be helping, be healing, be, be encouraging, be ministering. Uh, the energy for uh, the disciples is it's going to be God's power that gets anything done that's ever done. But quickly, number three, uh, notice the ego, the ego of the disciples. Uh, the timing in this couldn't be more shocking to me. Uh, they couldn't, he could. They couldn't, he could. They tried, they failed. He tried, he did, 
uh, the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ, Messiah, right among them, healed him. They couldn't. 46. Then there arose a reasoning among them, between them, which of them should be the greatest. Uh, And instead of a heart that's bowing low and worshiping, prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting, fasting, letting go of the physical, prayer, grabbing hold of the spiritual, uh, instead of a a heart that's bowing and worshiping in order to get power to bow low and serve, uh, instead they wanted to stand tall and be seen. Now, uh, keep the context in mind. Uh, uh, The man, uh, one child, uh, besought the disciples, uh, one demon, they could not, they could not. Uh, And then Christ, uh, Christ, the power of the Lord, uh, heals him. Uh, and the first thing they decide to do after they fall flat and fail uh, is argue which one of them is better than every other one of them. Can you imagine that? Uh, I mean, they flop, they fail, they, they could not. Uh, and the first thing they decide to do, uh, instead of to bow low and serve, is to stand tall and be seen, uh, almost like the Pharisees, who uh, they... Love praying on the corners to be seen of men. Uh, When they fast, they disfigure their face to be seen of men. Uh, When they give their alms, when they uh, give, uh, they sound the trumpet to be seen of men. They they love the chief seats in the synagogue to be seen of men. Uh, And here they are. Uh, They have God walking among them. Uh, They failed. They flopped. This child they couldn't help. Uh, And the Lord healed him. And now they're arguing among themselves which one of them, they're disputing among themselves which one of them is the greatest. And again, it's striking if you put scene next to scene next to scene. Uh, It's striking that they're arguing who's the greatest because they just fell flat. It's striking that they're arguing, disputing which one of them is the greatest because all of them fell flat and... The greatest of all time is walking among them. At most, they should have been arguing about, okay, who's the second greatest? We're not the greatest. Uh, That just is a given. He's the greatest. Uh, Which one of us? But understand also, we're to esteem others better than ourselves. We're to esteem others better than ourselves. And and so instead of Judas, well, well, I'm better at finances. I have the bag, which pulled him away. And uh, instead of Peter, uh, I'm the most zealous, and that's why my foot's always in my mouth. Or, or John say, well, uh, I'm the closest. And uh, instead of uh, those, uh, uh, whether it's Luke saying, the anatomical knowledge that I have, the physician, uh, they shouldn't have been disputing, I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest. Uh, they should have been arguing, no, you're the greatest. You're better than I am. Uh, each esteeming other better than themselves. And so uh, my question would be, what's it even matter Uh, Who's greater in knowledge or who's greater in talent? What's it even matter? Uh, Why do we always try to uh, have a competition? Am I better than they are? And they comparing themselves by themselves and measuring themselves uh, uh, by comparing uh, among themselves are not wise. Uh, What's it even matter who's the greatest if there's a child that's unhelped? If there's a child that's unblessed? If there's a child that they can't make one ounce of difference at all in that child, you really think it's a big deal to know who's the greatest when that child has not been blessed. Luke says they reasoned among themselves. Mark says they disputed among themselves. Luke, they reasoned among themselves. And in Mark, they disputed. They 
argued among themselves, oh, I'm the greatest, oh, I'm the greatest. And Proverbs would, would back up that pride only by pride cometh contention. Uh, only by pride cometh contention. And so their pride demanded that they know who's the greatest uh, and that everyone else knows who among them uh, was the greatest, their ego, their pride that they had. Now, again, length, uh, relating to, that interrelation to, that connection to the next scene, the next scene. Look at 47. And Jesus, perceiving the thought of their heart, took a child, a child. I wonder if it was that man's only child that had just been healed. I wonder if it was the same child as that child. Well, if he would have reached over, that man, that only child, would have willingly said, you healed him, you blessed him, you transformed him. Yes, please, use him as an object illustration. And then when the disciples see that same child, and again, I'm supposing here, but if it was the same child, it would have been a reminder that you're probably not the greatest, you couldn't even do that. You're probably not the greatest, you couldn't even help here. And so uh, he took a child and set him by him and said unto them, whosoever shall receive this child, again, is it that only child that they couldn't heal, that he did heal? Uh, is it that one child? Is it that child reminding them? I, I wonder if it was the exact same only child that he healed and they couldn't, that he helped and they didn't, that he cast out that demon and they were unable to. It's in serving the child. It's in blessing the child. It's in ministering to the child. Uh, when you've done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, someone who couldn't give back, someone whose opinion couldn't bolster who's the greatest. And so don't miss the whole scene. When Christ comes down off the Mount of Transfiguration, this man, only child, said, hey, I asked the disciples to cast this demon out of my son. They failed, they flopped, they could not. Christ did, uh, and the disciples immediately are, are arguing, disputing, re well, I'm better, I'm better, I'm the pride, that pride, that pride. Uh, that pride, wait, keep in mind, uh, it's the least among you that's the greatest. The servant is the greatest. He that bows lowest on pl planet Earth stands tallest in the kingdom of God, but they're arguing, they're debating, they're disputing, trying to decide their pride, their ego. Uh, and then look at the effect. Number four, we have the example two. We have the energy four. We have the ego of. And now we're, the lengths. Keep the lengths. Keep the lengths. Uh, it's even more striking when you take these scenes in relation to the other scenes. Uh, look at the effect. Look at 49. And John answered and said, Master, we saw one working in anonymity. We saw one, you'll never know his name. We saw one not wanting recognition. We saw one uh, not consumed with who's the greatest. Uh, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and we forbade him. We excluded him. We prohibited him. We stopped him because he followeth not us. Is anybody shocked by this? 
It's one of the most intriguing texts, in my opinion, just how this scene leads to this scene, and then that leads to this scene, uh, and when they flop, they fail. Next, they're arguing who's the greatest. Christ brings that child where they couldn't help in front of them, and now uh, they come around and say, not only do we have contention among ourselves, we're critical of someone other than us. Not only are we arguing with each other, we're attacking another. Not only are we disputing with each other, we're disallowing of another. Not only are we having contention with each other, we're, we're critical of another. Hey, that's the effect that pride has. Because as soon as I'm starting to measure and compare and argue, reason, debate, dispute, as soon as I, I, I do that, Boy, I'm lifting myself up in pride, and then someone that's doing something that I can't? Someone that's accomplishing something that I didn't? Someone that's achieving something that I'm unable to? Boy, I can't have, he's better, he's better. No, I criticize and attack him. And so don't miss the links, that relation, that interrelation between each one of those scenes. We saw one, casting out devils in, in your name, the only name that really matters. Uh, we saw one not named, never is named. We saw one not named, never is named, casting out devils in, in your name, the only name that matters. And we prevented him, we forbid him because he doesn't follow us, he's not like us, he's a, a little different uh, than uh, us, he's not one of us, he's different than us. Exactly. He doesn't have the pride that you guys have. Well, he's not like us. Yeah, he's not arguing who's the greatest. Hey, he's getting it done. He's making a difference. He's blessing so many others, and you couldn't bless one. I'm not really getting how they would argue who's the greatest, and at the same time, critical of, attacking of, forbidding of one that was doing something. Well, he didn't dress like us. He didn't do ministry like us. He didn't have the same music as us. He didn't associate with the same camps that, that, that we do. And so still they're contentious with each other and they're critical of another. And so we forbade him. We stopped him. We prevented him. We criticized him. It was their pride that was preventing him. It was their ego that was excluding him. Their ego thought that everything they did was right, and so anyone that doesn't do everything that they do must be absolutely wrong. And by the way, put your thinking caps on. They would rather have all those that this man helped unhelped if he'd follow them. They'd, have, they'd rather have everyone that this man blessed, unblessed, if he'd cross every T like them. They'd rather have everyone that was reached, unreached. We forbade him. We stopped him. Uh, yeah, he was an encouragement to a lot of people, and we weren't. And he helped a lot of people we didn't. And he healed many, and, and we couldn't heal one. Uh, and so because he's not just like us, we forbade him. Boy, it's shocking to me. Is it not shocking to anybody else? Boy, the scene, the scene, the scene. The relation, the interrelation of those. Uh, he didn't wear a tie like us or have music like us or a personality like us. He's different uh, than us. He's not following uh, us. Look at it again. We saw one casting out devils. Great work. Uh, in thy name, great name, 
We saw one unnamed, great anonymity, great humility. And don't miss the contrast. He's doing a great work, giving all the credit to a great name, a person, Lord Jesus Christ, and the ones that were arguing among themselves about who's better and who's the greatest prohibited that one that didn't look just like them, didn't talk just like them, didn't follow them, was a little different than them, and mainly because he was doing, is anybody getting that part? He was doing what they couldn't. He was doing what they failed at. He was doing what they were unable to do. He's not one of us. He's different than us. And it really is shocking to me that we would forbid him, that we decided to stop him, uh, we decided to exclude him, uh, because we're not so interested in all the people he helped, all those demons he cast out, uh, all of the people that he raised. We're not as interested in that as we are about him crossing every single T like us, dotting every single I like us. Uh, and it's because he's achieving what they failed to. He's accomplishing what they could not. Is everybody with me so far? Uh, and, and so the scenes, the scenes, the relation, the interconnection between uh, all of these magnify each one of those, uh, every one of those. And to drill a little deeper on this, it really was because he was doing something that they could not do. Uh, he was accomplishing something that they failed uh, at. And don't forget, please remember, they couldn't heal one. They, many, couldn't heal one. I besought thy disciples, many, to heal, to cast out that one. And they could not. And so many couldn't help one. And in contrast, one was helping many. Does anybody see that? Uh, we uh, asked your disciples to cast one out. They couldn't. Uh, and then the disciples said, we saw one casting out many, casting out many. Those who were arguing about who was the greatest, they couldn't cast out one. And they see one who was honoring the name of Christ, and they, they see one who, who's casting out many. This one who's living in anonymity, this, this one uh, who has humility, and, and these ones that are proud, we're better than him. Uh, we, we feel ourselves to be better than him. We think ourselves. We want to be seen as better than him. Hey, he's doing better than us. Boy, we need to attack and criticize and take it to that one. Usually, people that are critical and gossiping about, uh, gossiping about someone is because they can't accomplish what he has. And so to make them feel better about themselves, they have to tear him down with their jabs, their barbs, their words, their criticism, their, their gossip. And they have to infect anyone's opinion of him that will listen to them. It's a lot like the Diotrephes effect. Sir John, Diotrephes, that proud person that was preventing others, that proud person in verse 9, I wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, who's the greatest? I'm the greatest. Make sure everyone knows I'm the greatest. Diotrephes, who loveth to have the preeminence among them, I, I wrote, I, I wrote, uh, because he receiveth us not. He didn't receive them, he rejected them much like the disciples did this one. Uh, he didn't include them. He excluded them. 
Uh, he didn't compliment uh, him. He criticized them. It was all about him being seen, his pride, his arrogance, his uh, ego that he had. His pride of loving to have the preeminence uh, and his contentious spirit to argue, to, to exclude. His, his pride and preventing others, they're symbiotic sins. They're sins that go hand in hand. The arrogant, the arrogant always criticize. The arrogant gossip, the arrogant exclude. The arrogant who think they're better than push away those that are different than. Diotrephes was proud, loved to have the preeminence. Verse 10, wherefore, if I come, I will remember his deeds which he doeth. Well, is he really criticizing? Is it really, is it really verbally attacking? Prating against us with malicious words and not content therewith. Neither doth he himself uh, receive the brethren. He forbiddeth them. Same word uh, that the disciple, we forbade him. Diotrephes, by prating against us, criticizing us, malicious words, uh, he's forbidding, forbidding uh, them uh, that they uh, uh, that, that, that would, and, and casteth them out of the church. And by the way, before you uh, think that I'm going too far with this, well, uh, they were just reasoning among themselves. They uh, disputing, is it really that strong? And uh, the forbidding, they just forbid, that, that's all. Hey, understand the spirit at this time. If you want to look at it, look down at verse number 54. Okay, I'm not going to give it to Mark. He said disputing, and that still may not be too strong. Look at verse number 54. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, it's a different scene. I'll give explanation to it, but look at their spirit. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire? Let us cast fire on them. Uh, Lord, uh, uh, we, uh, command us to, to cast fire down. Can we cast fire down? Well, they kind of already are. Spitting fire. Breathing fire. James chapter 3, Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire a world of iniquity, so the tongue is among our members that it defileth the whole body, the body of Christ, the church, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. And so their spirit, in verse number 54, now get it, don't miss this, they couldn't heal the one, uh, and they're arguing about who's the greatest. Uh, this one was healing many, and they were criticizing, they were forbidding, uh, they were attacking uh, him, uh, and their spirit was one of Boy, let's burn him. Let's burn him. Let's cast fire down uh, upon him. And by the way, it's a response to verse number 52 when he was sending messengers to the village. The Samaritans, in verse number 53, wouldn't receive them. And, and so, please connect all the dots. Uh, they're still critical. They're still critical of someone that's doing to them the exact same thing that they were doing to him. And of course they're critical, of course they're gossiping. Boy, they think, their pride, their ego, their arrogance, uh, the greatest, I'm better than, I, I'm a better Christian than. And, and just to make sure everyone knows that, i got to push everyone else down. That criticism, that attack, uh, and they went from attacking the one, uh, and now they're attacking them, uh, and the critical almost always are. The critical almost always are, because it's not about this event or about that event. It's about the heart. 
It's about that unsettledness, whether it's hurt or uh, bitterness or uh, poison on the inside, that fire is expressed on the outside by those words. Uh, and, and just to give a little clarity, I want to give you point number five, and we're done. Look at point number five, if you will. The example to the disciples was we're to serve and bless, uh, esteem others better than ourselves. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your servants for his sake. Uh, and so uh, if there's ever a question about who's the greatest, it's everyone other than me. If there's ever any dispute about two people, who, who's the greatest, Pete and I, Pete, boy, you're better than. Phil, you're better than. And that needs to be the spirit of all of us rather than considering ourselves better than who's, I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest. Because that's where that attacking only by pride cometh contention. So the example, number two, the energy for prayer and fasting. It's not your power. It's not your cuteness. It's not your sharpness. It's not about how organized the, the, the I'm, <clears throat> number three, uh, the ego, the ego, that arrogance, that ego, that arrogance, the effect, that forbidding. Uh, I'm always a little shocked by, uh, in some areas, that cultural Christianity, how criticism and gossip isn't viewed as a big thing. Well, it, look how I dress. Everyone is all ready for Sunday best and Sunday church. And uh, that, that churchianity, that churchianity with a heart of criticism, uh, just to understand, put down number five, the embarrassment in the disciple the embarrassment in the disciple we can't possibly read this passage uh, without wondering hey what's going on with these guys scene one many couldn't cast out one flop failed scene two they're arguing about which one of them are the greatest of course christ brings that child is it that exact same child to remind them did you guys forget so soon that you flopped, you fell? Now in your arrogance, you think that you're the greatest? Uh, and then uh, we saw one, one, we saw one doing what we could not do. Uh, we saw one doing what we could not do, and so we attacked him, we forbade him, uh, we went after him, uh, we excluded him, we prevented him. Uh, and, and, and it's just, as you're looking at the disciples, uh, you can't help but, but to see that they have egg on their face. Uh, you can't help but to see that they have ego uh, in their heart. And that embarrassment, that embarrassment, that embarrassment that they had, two points were done. The characteristics of the critical. The characteristics of the critical. Master, we saw one doing what we couldn't do, and so because he was doing something better, we could not do that. We forbid him. Put down number one. Uh, the critical hinder God's work. They hinder God's work. That clique of the critical, that group of gossipers, that's what they do. They hinder God's work. They prohibit. They stopped him. They prohibited him. He's not like us, doesn't act like us. And so characteristics of the critical, uh, they hinder God's work. Number two, they flatter to your face and criticize behind your back. Uh, they flatter to your face. They criticize behind your back. Uh, Proverbs 20 he that goeth about as a talebearer, critic, gossip. Uh, he that goeth about as a talebearer revealeth secrets, secrets. Therefore, meddle not with him that flattereth with his lips. And you say, well, Pastor, uh, does he flatter or does he criticize? He does both. He, he flatters to your face and then he stabs you in the back. 
He flatters to your face, and then he criticizes behind your back. And don't miss this. Those who are critical to you about someone else will be critical of you to someone else. Don't miss that. Uh, Those who are critical to you about someone else will be critical of you to someone else. Uh, Number three, uh, they hinder God's work. They flatter to your face and criticize behind your back. Uh, Number three, they know a lot about a lot that doesn't pertain to them. They know a lot about a lot that does not pertain to them. Uh, same verse, Proverbs 20. Uh, a talebearer revealeth secrets. Revealeth secrets. Uh, and that doesn't mean the unknown, but the unnecessary. Revealeth secrets. Uh, uh, what, what does that have to do with you? Uh, that, that, uh, that, that piece of criticism, that piece of gossip. And, and you're telling someone that has nothing to do with that. Uh, and you're telling someone that can't fix that, can't change that. Boy, you're just uh, airing that out. You're just dumping it. Uh, you're just revealing secrets. And that's what gossip is, is sharing with someone that can't fix a problem or sharing something that has nothing to do with them. Critics talk about people. They typically don't talk to people. They talk about that person, talk about that person, but do they ever really talk to that person? Are they involved in the situation? Can they fix the situation? Well, they're a friend that you're dumping on. Well, they're a friend that that you're allowing them to dump on you. And a lot of times in that churchianity, uh, they'll they'll view it as a a prayer request. Boy, pray for me. Uh, This this happened and this over here. And and, and the whole time, prayer request or or, uh, just uh, this person struggling. And uh, well, I asked, and so I'm not going to lie. I I asked, or they asked, and so I'm not going to. Yeah, but you have no problem uh, contradicting Colossians that says, speak evil of no man. Speak evil of no man. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Uh, characteristics of the critical. Uh, next, their words affect opinions. Uh, we saw we 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 saw one uh, casting out uh, devils in your name, and we we forbade him. Uh, what's interesting is they all agree which may be the first time they ever do. <laughs> you got Peter and John constantly chippy, uh, rarely agreeing on anything. Uh, you have uh, Levi, uh, that tax collector, and then Simon the zealot uh, that, that wanted the overthrow of Rome. Uh, almost never. But the reason they agreed is because they've been bouncing it off each other and criticizing and gossiping, and, and they're all in agreement because they've all been talking. They're, they're all in agreement because they've all been talking. Uh, what's interesting to me is... Uh, Clicks of criticism and groups of gossipers, uh, you start hearing same phrasings from this person. Boy, that's interesting. That's the same phrase that this person used. Uh, and that's the same phrase that this person used. Oh, they're talking. I get it. Uh, they're, they're bouncing and criticizing and gossiping. The other thing that's interesting is usually the only people that are affected by that topic are the ones that are inside of that group. Uh, that click of criticism. Let me give you another one. Their words will wear you out. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And as they're unloading their issues, because they've never unpacked their issues, uh, they talk about them, but they never talk to them. When they dump their unresolved issues on you, two things. Uh, number one, you'll start seeing shadows. Shadows. Boy, oh, yeah, oh, I see what, oh, seeing shadows. Uh, because to the pure, all things are pure, but to the unbelieving and defiled, it's not anything pure. Even their conscience is defiled. Uh, and shadows aren't reality. 
And listen, two things. One, uh, you'll start seeing shadows, but number two, that emotional energy that God's given you when a legitimate issue comes, you'll collapse because you depleted it on things that don't pertain to you. It's an echo chamber, an echo chamber of exaggeration, an echo chamber of, of fallacy, an echo chamber that, that's never accurate, that crowd of criticalness, that, that group of gossipers. Hey, they never have the full story. In fact, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Uh, be not deceived. Evil communications do corrupt uh, good manners. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. Companion of fools shall be destroyed. Next chapter, uh, go from the presence of a fool when thou perceivest not in him the lips of understanding. Uh, and Psalm 64, who wet their tongue like a sword and, and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words. And the last characteristic is it's a, it's a, it's a coward's communication when they're talking about, but they don't talk to. When they're talking about, but they don't talk to. And they're talking about, they shoot in secret. They encourage themselves in an evil matter. They commune. They almost take encouragement by talking about that. They search out iniquities. They accomplish a diligent search. They know a whole lot about a lot of things that don't pertain to them. Shooting in secret, talking about, never talking to. Hey, right up here. I would much rather have a friend that's sharp and pointed uh, rather than someone that's nice and flattering to my face but stabbing in the back when I'm not around. Does anybody get that? In fact, that's Bible. Uh, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Boy, that's where as iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Uh, and, and faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Hey, a true friend will talk to you, not about you. A, a true friend will talk to you and not about you. And last, and this, we're done, the conclusion of criticism. Uh, the conclusion of criticism, it is a fire. It does kindle. It does affect. Uh, where no wood is, the fire goeth out. So where there is no gossip critic talebearer, the strife ceaseth. As coals are to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a talebearer, the tasty morsels of a spice peddler. The words of a talebearer are as wounds, lethal wounds, and they go down into the innermost part of the belly. Hey, that spice peddler, that talebearer has already drunk the poison, and now they're trying to peddle that poison to you. He that hateth dissembleth with his lips. We assemble on Wednesday. We assemble on Sunday. Boy, that talebearer is dissembling with the words that they say, whose hatred is covered by deceit. His wickedness shall be showed before the whole congregation. And by the way, let's look at the last verse in this entire passage. These links, these links, these links. Is everybody with me so far? We have to close because it's uh, running late. But... Um, you have the first scene. Many couldn't help one. Those many are talking about who's the greatest, that pride, that pride, that pride. And then they saw one, even after Christ reminded them, a child, a child, maybe that exact same child, but we're really not as good as we think we are. We're really not as great as we think we are. Hey, remember this child? Remember this child? And then they saw one casting out many. We forbade him. Of course you did, because you're trying to establish how perfect and how religious and how right you are. And look at the last verse, verse number 50, we're done. 
And, and Jesus said unto him, you may be looking at the wrong things. <laughs> you may be evaluating someone with the wrong criteria. And Jesus said unto him, forbid him not, for he that is not against us is for us. This one in anonymity, this one with his great humility, this one who's doing far more than this group over here is doing, why don't let your pride cripple and hurt and cut and wound. Why don't let your pride do that because he that's not for us, he that's not for us is against us, but if you're not against us, you're for us. And it's not about does he cross the T exactly like you do. It's not about does he dot the I exactly like you do. Boy, he's casting out devils in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The only name that really matters. And when we focus on that, who he's helped, who he magnifies, who he helps, who he magnifies, we'll be a little slower to say words that are flammable, say words that are cutting and critical, because that's really what pride does. Let's have a word of prayer. Let's pray it in. Uh, let's connect all of those scenes to think it through. Uh, and then hear the word of Christ that said, Forbid him not, forbid him not, for he that is not against us is for us. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.